Hi everybody, it's Richard Zwicky on the Green Peak, and joining us this week, I have the pleasure of introducing Tia Muskalenko with Ask Growers. Tia, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. How are you guys? Fantastic. Well, we are. Um, you know, for background for all of our listeners, Tia, you're from the Ukraine, and uh, Ask Growers, most of the, the team is originally from Ukraine, and there's still a presence, obviously, there. And I know that as we're speaking, you're heading back over there, um, which is... You know, it's a devastating story for everybody who has any connection to the country for what's been happening. And, you know, my hat off to you for you and your family and everything you've had to endure. Ask Growers, though, has um, been talking to the government there about um, the use of cannabis to help uh, people who have been affected by the war deal with PTSD and other matters. How has that come about and how are you approaching it? I mean, and tell us a little bit about Ask Growers. Of course. So we started as growers, um, I guess it's already three years since we mm-hmm. started. And uh, that was basically to highlight the brands, uh, the story behind the brands, how people grow, how, how people use the, the plant. And um, on the current moment, we're trying to monetize it. So you can actually uh, go directly for, from our website to the um, um brands uh store and buy it there or at the dispensary basically right and um yeah we're trying our best to uh, to do that right now uh even uh, as you've mentioned it's war in ukraine um we have a lot of people who are abroad right now but uh we're trying to keep the ball rolling all the time uh we have um bi-weekly calls uh, or even uh, we, we even have like um weekly calls to know how everything is uh, going, to know uh, what we need to do to uh, improve our uh, product line, I mean, uh, to to improve our products. So, um, yeah, uh, it it gets really harder when uh, you don't see people and uh, every time (laughs) you just see the screen of your laptop and, uh, yeah, this is a little bit hard at the beginning, but eventually you just get used to that. And regarding your first question about the uh, governmental law about the cannabis in Ukraine. So uh, you've mentioned it, right, that uh, the first uh, and I guess the major reason of uh, legalizing medical cannabis, because the uh, like THC containing products, it's still prohibited. Right. And I'm not sure when it's going to be legal at all. So. Uh, what we want to do uh, to legalize it and help people who has who have uh, PTSD or any kind of uh, you know if I if I could say so like mental uh, disorders because of uh, the war in Ukraine mm-hmm. it's really hard to realize uh, what people uh, have faced and uh, what they have saw because uh, I was the lucky one that only have heard like three uh, bomb shellings. And I wouldn't, you know, um, I wouldn't uh, say that that was like a like an experience at all. That that wasn't something you want to wish um, someone to experience. That was of course. Really, that was that was really sad, and uh, you're panicking. You don't know what to do. So I think uh, when you we feel were, helpless. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, I think uh, the topic about uh, legalizing cannabis is really important right now. I'm not sure uh, when would they um, 
legalize it during the war or after because we still don't know when it's going to end. Um, so this is really important to help people in this way because uh, uh, yesterday or maybe the day before I had a conversation about um, alcohol and marijuana. So we actually are allowed to drink alcohol like uh, beer, wine and uh, vodka or something like that, but it's not allowed to um, smoke a joint, you know, and right. just relax. And uh, afterwards you're less worried. Well, if you will, about the whole situation and what's going on. And um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a really great step moving forward in Ukraine because um, I'm not sure where, Ex I mean, all the countries in Europe, uh, where is um, cannabis legalized? I know it's uh, Netherlands. I know it's very fragmented, right, across yeah. the different countries and the stages they're at and how they're addressing the different compounds. It's, you know, there's very few countries where it's fully legalized and open access when, where they're doing, of course, a lot of work with PTSD and other things. Of course, Canada's done a fair bit of that. I think Israel's done a lot of it as well. Um, and knowledge and information, which obviously I'm, you're going to be tapping into because that's going to help people. Exactly. And, and it also helps the people displaced, right? Yeah. You're all dealing with, you know, life-altering changes, which nobody planned for or expected. Exactly. And it's really stressful. And uh, right now I'm actually speaking with you from Germany. I'm in Potsdam. And um, I had really stressful situations uh, maybe yesterday. And when I was reading all the news, what's going on, I was like, oh, God, I just need a joint to relax because you just can handle it. I mean, it's so sad and so frustrating. So you just cannot keep up with your emotions. So. That's why that's why I'm totally for legalizing medical cannabis. And after that, when we when we legalize it, I think we can uh, move forward with legalizing THC. And that is actually a good point um, to legalize it because the uh, country, as it is, uh, basically like from alcohol, they will get their fee for yes. uh, like growing, selling, and etc. Mm -hmm. et besides the human factor that it will help people so yes. I think and it's you know the country's going to go, be going through a massive rebuild when all this ends and you know we can all hope for it to happen as quickly as possible but there's a huge rebuild that's going to be needed and that's you know cannabis is a, an amazing crop like so many others that uh, is going to help form the basis of that return to prosperity right i agree, I agree. so you know with with your firm and Ascores, you, you know, you're, you're, everybody's displaced right now, or so many people are displaced. You managed to keep going with business. And it was funny and, you know, researching and preparing for the show, I looked at your LinkedIn page. I noticed one of the recommendations and it ended with a statement, something along the lines that no matter what's happening, Tia remains focused and puts it out of puts it aside. And I thought that was from 2020. And I thought how appropriate with regards to everything you're dealing with today. Yeah, I don't really remember that. But yeah, I agree. That's, that's really up to date. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you, if you want to do something and help people and uh, help companies in Ukraine. It doesn't matter, you know, if we speak right now about Ukraine or another country, whatever happens in the world, yep. you still need to uh, realize these things and uh, to keep up because actually uh, you're paying taxes, you're helping people with the projects, 
keep up and uh, do your best. So, yeah, but yes. this, this is nice. I need to check my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in this industry, so much of it was formed and based on people trying to help others, help people with medical conditions that they couldn't find adequate treatment for elsewhere or better treatment. And, you know, my introduction to it was, of course, I knew about people having issues going through cannabis treatment, uh, through cancer treatments and how cannabis helped them. And then learning about epilepsy and Parkinson's and of course, PTSD and the like. Um, your firm, how did you get started? And what was the basis on which your, your group began? Uh, well, first of all, uh, if you visit our website, you will see that we have a lot of stuff right now. But we yes. have, we have worked for, I would say, years uh, to make it happen. But first of all, we were work, working on our blog to share the the accurate information. So we're like uh, we were like informational uh, platform for everyone right. from the beginner to the advanced user. Um, I don't know, starting from uh, what is the joint and how to yeah. use. Uh, gummy bears or something like that and uh, that was really important for us to uh, check and uh, to send the accurate message for people um, well basically we were oriented for America and uh, a little bit for Canada but we noticed that in Ukraine and in the, um, Europe like France and Germany and maybe a few more countries uh, people are reading us even there so we were like okay we need to concentrate all the attention and knowledge share. is universal right yeah so. exactly exactly so uh we were working uh, mainly on the articles and uh like the secondary part was uh to um share uh the information via um, uh different popular websites mm -hmm. uh, so that was the starting point, I think, because I've joined as growers since they were maybe half of the year or something. Right. So, but yeah, th that was the main goal since the beginning as we were speaking in the team. So. Right. Hmm, fantastic. Tia, we do have to take a short break, but we'll be back in a minute with On the Green Peak with Tia Muskalenko from Ask Growers. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with Tia Muskalenko from Ask Growers. And Tia, um, two different things. You mentioned uh, you're in Hamburg right now or in Germany right now, but uh, offline you mentioned you're, you're headed home shortly uh, to see your family and your boyfriend. And, you know, you're headed back into a zone of conflict. It's, but you, you're excited to see everybody and family and, you know, our home is always somewhere physical. It's a smell, it's a taste, it's a touch, it's everything. And I understand how you can miss that. And uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, how, how it feels going home into a conflict zone. Um, I'm not sure if you will understand me if I'm saying it correctly, but it's like you're a kid and you're waiting for your, I don't know, sixth birthday or... Yeah. The New Year's, uh, it's a New Year's Eve and you're like, oh my God, what, what my parents will get me? And it's like, oh, I want it so much. And um, I was really sad a few days ago because I miss everyone in Ukraine and I'm, and, and I'm not missing people whom I know. 
and uh, my relatives, but I'm just missing my apartment. I miss my two cats. I miss everything there. So I just want to go out and just smell this air and uh, go for a, walk, for a walk in the park because I'm living near the University Park in Kiev. Right. And uh, it's, it, it's really something that uh, you will never lose, I think. And it's great, I think. Yeah. It's, it's something that sticks with you your whole life. And you go to those spots and... It, you're you feel home doesn't matter what's happening so i understand you know the the feeling you're experiencing yeah and, and it doesn't matter what's going on in your country because you're you're sure you want to go there so yeah that's my opinion but i'm pretty yeah. sure almost everyone would agree with me <laughs> oh absolutely i know everybody i've spoken to who's you know had to leave ukraine mm-hmm. can't wait to go home yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know it's people say home is where the heart is, but it really is. And it never changes. Yes. So, yeah. So, you know, going back a bit to, you know, the, the recognition that we need to address the PTSD issues and the psychological effects of the war. How did the legalization process in the Ukraine transpire? How did it come about? Because it's been different in many countries, but often it's been focused around children and mothers where, mothers are helping their children and get penalized and the governments react to that saying mothers shouldn't be penalized for trying to help their children. In Ukraine, it's a complete different uh, situation. What was the process like? So um, I remember that was two years ago, it was 2020 and uh, the minister of health Viktor Leshko. He was he's actually a pretty interesting uh, like persona. Yeah. So he's really open-hearted, but um, I guess not a lot of people would understand him because he's really, you know, expressive man. And uh, he was the one who uh, decided to create a bill uh, and to, afterwards to make it a law to legalize medical cannabis. Uh, firstly, that wasn't really good uh that, that wasn't really accepted good, but right. um, in the year, um, the petition was created uh, again, and uh, almost, uh, not almost, but 65% of people uh, reacted positively. And uh, despite this fact, I guess uh, the deputies uh, mm-hmm. were, were really strict about that and uh, refused to, um, like, move it forward. And uh, like I've already mentioned, uh, during the war in Ukraine, uh, that was a completely different story. And uh, everyone realized uh, what might be the effect and uh, what, what, what might be the uh, consequences, in, I mean, in the good way of uh, legalizing medical cannabis and how it might help people. Uh, but I think um, if we legalize it, people should be really educated about the plant Yes. In general, um, it's really hard to explain explain it to a person uh, who's 16 or 18 uh, because they really want to get high and relax and have some fun, you know. Uh, so I think people should realize uh, the uh, physical and psychological effects of the plant, how you can use it, you know, maybe what dosage, um, how it affects your body and mind, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So if uh, we will move forward with this, I think this should be a really uh, good reason to educate people with this. I think this is really important. 
Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting that you when you touched upon it, that so many of the deputies were opposed, not once, but twice through that process. When you consider the recent history of the Ukraine and, you know, the revolution of dignity in uh, 2014, that brought forward a, a real change, but it was the people's voice and that the deputies then would turn around and ignore the voice of 65% of the people looking for help is, is disappointing in its own way. Um, Even, you know, people overthink that they're trying to protect the people, but they're not doing the people's bidding sometimes. And that's a shame. I'm glad that you, uh, you and the people were able to raise your voice and get this addressed as a step forward. And uh, it's uh, amazing. And, uh, when you go back to that and, you know, the changeovers that have happened in the Ukraine in the last couple of years, um, obviously that's had, you know, it's a societal effect and it's been a, been an amazing change, not just politically, but socially and the outlook and the shift in uh, people's orientation in terms of where they're looking in the world to where do they associate. And how about the country's, neighboring the Ukraine with regards to, you know, obviously, I mean, we know Russia's Russia and Belarus is Belarus and so on and so forth, but going, taking it a step down. And as far as the people and the acceptance of cannabis and the change in those areas all around you, how is the, the voice that Ukraine has been raising over the last couple of years affected your neighbors? Um, I'm pretty sure they have the similar state of mind. Um, mm-hmm. Or, even you know higher if we could say so uh but um they realized that at the moment let's just face it we uh didn't have really good politicians we didn't have um um i would say really good people uh Mm -hmm. top of our country and that was uh, really hard to explain and uh, but, but still, I think that our neighbors, they are totally for us. We, we don't count, count, of course, Russian Belarus, yes. And the, but I think the people there are, you know, in, in Belarus, are, they don't have a voice, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that is clear. Uh, but, I, but I think they uh, have the same state of mind as we do. Um, I always thought that uh, European countries are... Uh, more, they kind of, you know, have more freedom, like the freedom of right. the world, because uh, they always had uh, this uh, strikes about uh, the, like, we recently had the Pride Month. Uh, right. We don't have it in Ukraine. Uh, so I think um, we, are the, we, we are the free country, but still it's not that loud. It's not that white, uh, especially when I when I'm in Kiev for more than 10 years, I guess I've seen the only strike about the Pride Month only once. Right. And, uh, yeah, we had Maidan, but that's actually basically for the human rights and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I'm pretty sure they are the similar state of mind as we do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, bringing it a little bit more particular with the, you know, Romania and the other countries around, and the European shift in that you, you were talking about with in terms of the attitudes, um, how quickly do you see those attitudes shifting in Ukraine with regards to, you know, the different regions in Europe? I mean, you go to Romania and 
Bulgaria, it's still much, uh, it's not as open as it would be in France, Germany, and so on. Where, where do you see Ukraine going over the next few years? Because obviously that affects not just the attitudes, but the recovery period and how Ukraine's going to recover. Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I'm not a political person, but I would... No, but we all are people, right? Yeah. Living through it. Um, you know, every person and every nation is getting tired of something. Okay. And uh, we have war in Ukraine for more than five months. And uh, we really thank Poland. We really uh, thank um, uh, Hungary and... Uh, a few more countries. I'm sorry, that's embarrassing. I forgot. Uh, Some countries who, have been wonderful in how they've opened the doors and taken in. Yeah, you know, in Poland. Than, go ahead. Yeah, we have more than two and a half millions of Ukrainians in Poland. Yeah. And I couldn't realize how they can how they can live with such a massive uh, amount of people in their towns. And uh, this is this is really touching, and it's uh, really great that they help us, but. Um, at some point, I guess they realize that uh, the Putin's regime won't stop if they just conquer Ukraine and uh, it will go uh, like during the World War II more and Poland more. Poland suffered <laughs> terribly under yeah, the yes. Soviet <laughs> So, uh, like I said, um, all the human beings are getting tired of everything, but I hope uh, till everyone got tired, we will... <laughs> We will win and uh, we will finish this madness because this is just unacceptable. And um, it is. And yeah. we can't hope for it to happen soon enough. Yeah. It was terrible that it started and it's terrible that it still goes on. And um, we do have to take a short break again, Tia, but we'll be back in a moment with Tia Moskalenko from Ask Growers on the Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on the Green Peak with Tia Moskalenko. And Tia, you know, just before the break, we were chatting about, you know, some of the displacement is- issues that have happened with people, refugees in Poland. And I know there's a lot of appeared who've arrived in Canada and in the U.S. There's people who have also arrived and they had to change the way they processed immigration to help people cross. Um, but <clears throat> with regards to, you know, there's, there's countries that have given shelter and immediate support to the people, but... And we hear often about the military support that's being given, but people need individual help. They need help with their families and, you know, their children and their, their parents and their grandparents. What are things people can contribute and help with that, you know, is not just what's covered in the news, but it's needed above and beyond? Um, I think, uh, that not a lot of people in Ukraine are getting really, really high salaries. And uh, if they need to leave the country with like a woman with two babies, for instance, um, it would be really nice that someone give them a shelter in their house, maybe in a small room, because um, in the Europe right now, because of the war in Ukraine, the prices for living uh, for, for uh, the apartment or even for a hostel, it's really high. Uh, and uh, not everyone can afford this. So I think that would be the best help, despite of the fact that they can give them, I don't know, a sandwich or a bottle of water or something. It all helps. But yes, of course, shelter and somewhere to that uh, jobs, essentially, and ability. And, you know, with so many of the jobs 
are portable today. Yours is an intellectual property job. A lot Ukraine is known for having phenomenal developers uh, for building software and apps and all sorts of things. And those are portable and the people can set up in other countries. Um, but they need help getting there and they need help doing that. And that's it's a very important point that people, you know, as a whole need to remember. Um, I know I have a friend in Poland who's taken in 17 people into their farmhouse and they've converted a lot of it over and uh, they're all people that are in technology and they're finding their way through it. But it's, it's hard. Not everybody can, can do that. And small contributions make a, make a huge difference. Um, <clears throat> as things end, which, you know, can't come, as I said, can't come soon enough. <clears throat> and we look at what happens after a lot of times people think, well, it's over, it's done. It's, move ahead, but there's going to be a lot of help needed and there's going to be help needed um, in many different ways. And for the people who are listening uh, today, who are all involved in the cannabis industry, what's something the industry can do to help you and help after peace? Um, we'll have, uh, we will, sorry, we will need uh, a lot of uh, hands to rebuild the country and, uh, as you know, this is really costly, so we will need uh, financial support because uh, I think up to five towns ruined totally. The five towns of Ukraine, they don't have anything except for ruins. Yeah. So people who live there, who were born there, uh, and, and I understand them, they want to go back, but there is... There's nothing. nothing to go back to, unfortunately. Exactly. And um, our president says that we will rebuild everything. We just need to finish this war, uh, which one we never started and wouldn't have started. And uh, this is really important still to not to give up, not to get tired of this, because um, I think this is the main uh, thing why humans are humans. We need to be and, and to stay human. Mm -hmm. so, I think these are the main two points that we need to have uh, first financial support. And then the second part is uh, to have volunteers uh, who could help to rebuild our country. It's in, in, a, in I'm sorry, in an industrial way and then in the economical way and uh, more and more. Right. No, absolutely. I think help's going to be needed and hopefully forthcoming in, in every way that's required because it's uh it's a situation everybody seems, it does care about and feels for. Um, so, you know, as we wrap up, um, obviously, I'd like to just chit chat a little bit more about Ask Growers and what's going to be happening with Ask Growers over the next six and 12 months. And how are you looking at changing the business or expanding or shifting, not just with regards to what's happening back home, but as the market changes? Um, so we've been rebuilding our website a bit. We've uh, launched the product line with dispensaries, brands, uh, and many other things. We've um, changed in our blog a bit. Uh, right. So um, if you want to make some advertising um, as growers, you can contact us because on this early stage, we have like the cheapest prices for that. And yep. uh, Afterwards, uh, I think we should get better and better. It's just yeah. all about the uh, sharing the information about as growers, the media, and uh, um, like what, how, and what we can do, how we can help uh, other people. 
Well, and I expect that with your firm and where everything is based and comes from, anybody who purchases through or uses Ask Growers to, you know, to end up purchasing products, some of that flows back into Ukraine to help. Yeah, we should really think about that because we just just started the process. So we, um, I guess we had like a couple of sales, but I'm not, not really sure, maybe more than a couple of sales. But still, I think that could be a really good chance to support Ukraine and uh, we all would appreciate that. Yeah. So Tia, we are out of time for today, but I'd like to thank you for joining us on the Green Peak. It's been a very informative discussion. My best wishes to you, your family, and to everybody in Ukraine and the struggle. Thank you so much. That was really nice to speak to you today, and I really appreciate that. And I look forward to chatting with you again one of these days, hopefully soon and with this behind us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Richard Zwicky. We'll speak with you again next week. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.